going on? Oh, not much. Now, this song is about death and war. Hey! How fitting. Won by Metallica. I know you're not a big metal guy. No, not really a metal guy. I'm, I'm but I figured it, one. it was a fitting song for this week's episode. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Ooh, it was a grim one. Anyways, <laughs> we'll get into it. But how are you doing? Good, how are you? I can't complain. I feel like now. we're recording so close to each other, and during quarantine times, there's not much new to talk about, but... Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, this is actually really loud. Let's bring this down. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Oh, my mic's a little different today. I was fiddling around with the mic, working on something. Let's see here. Is that better? Can you hear me good? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Oh, you can? Okay, never mind. Maybe we're fine. Uh, I, I switched the mic around quite a bit today, though. Recording a special thing for us. Oh, boy. It's special. <laughs> uh. Oh, you'll see. It's very crisp on day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, quarantine. Not much going on. It's like the same thing every every episode. We say, well, what have you been up to? Yeah, I feel and like every say, once oh. in a while, one of us will have something new. But <laughs> we've been um, talking about books we've been reading for the last yeah. few episodes. We did have Rock Talk last episode, Oh, we too. did have Rock Talk. There was a lot of good Rock Talk. That's show. very exciting. I'm sure everybody would really in tune to that talking about Ringo Starr's all-star band gosh just grim um yeah I got nothing really nothing going just, on here we can make this one a short one and then just get into the episode because I think we got more than enough to talk about there oh yeah this is a heavy episode <laughs> yeah let's just jump on in let's do it Pintorin girls and Pintorin guys will always stand up and salute always recognize when we see Pintor's flag flying there's a lot of me indeed so we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our head My daddy served in the assembly we lost his civic pride but he flew a flag in our yard until the day that he died he wanted my brother my brother my half brother and me to grow up and live happy in the moon of the free now this fascist regime i love has fallen under attack the native people with the audacity to exist are causing us a bunch of flack soon as we could see clearly through our big blue eyes Man, we lit up their world Like Naboo's Festival of Lies Hey, Chairman Cho, put your name At the top of his list And the clone army was forced To shake their fist And the lasers will fly Man, it's gonna be hell When you hear Pantora start ringing the bell And it feels like the whole outer rim Is raining down on you Oh, brought to you courtesy of the purple and blue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that purple and blue. Yeah. Of my purple and blue. What the hell was that? 
So is that what you've uh, been working? That was a full work day for you? Is just putting that oh, thing <laughs> I dedicated all my breaks today to that. <laughs> I was shoving the microphone up to my uh, speaker. Had a lot of feedback once. I almost, bl- uh, almost went deaf. Um, that was exciting. <laughs> That's what I was working on. That wasn't me. That was, uh, that was Toby Keith, our number one fan. You should be very proud. And that was pretty good. Very fitting. I feel like that song would have been on the top top 100 in uh, Pantora's radio. Well, I really feel like this episode. During the eight-hour war. A, this was like Manifest Destiny, um, Custard's Last Stand. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was like every, it was like every military United States military engagement was just lumped into this episode. It was United States imperialism boiled down to twenty minutes. Yes, <laughs> like this is like a very brief history of U.S. imperialism. <laughs> Basically, what this episode was. Um, we'll get into it, and there's a lot to get into. But first, we got to do our new favorite segment. Let's do All right, Adam, what do we got for an air date here? Yeah, so episode, uh, season one, episode 15, title is Trespass. Uh, It aired January 30th, uh, January 30th. Oh, you okay there? Oh, we got it. We're good. Okay. January 30th. January 30th, 2009. Okay. That's our time worth, Dave. January 30th, 2009. Yep. All right. So let's see what was in the news on January 30th, 2009. Michael Steele becomes the U.S. Republican National Committee's first African-American chairman. How on the nose is that? Two weeks. <laughs> two weeks after Obama. Are you fucking kidding me? I completely forgot that that was like so back to back with that. How blatantly just bald face is that? Oh, well, it, it's so funny. Wasn't he like lieutenant governor of Maryland or something? It was something like that. I it, It's so quaint looking back at Michael Steele. And I remember like back then, like looking at his voting history and like what he stood for and being like, oh, they're, they're losing their minds. This guy's evil. Like, I can't I can't believe this. And now, like looking back at it, it's so quaint. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just, it's the most like blatant, obvious ploy I've ever seen. Yeah. They're a little heavy handed. Hey, but it worked out for him. He's got literally like a panel gig till the end of time on pretty much any news talk show that he wants. That he does. Yeah. Bill Maher is on line one. (laughs) Okay. Um, last week, Paul Blart was standing tall once again. Um, care to venture. Who's the number one movie this week? Uh, how many weeks was Paul Blart on top? This was Blart was week two. This was last week was week two of Blart. Okay. Um, I got to think of something else. I can give you a hint if you want. Yeah. I have an audio clip for a hint. Let's go. Yeah, let's go with a hint. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know who you are. Oh, okay. You if you are looking for a ransom. Let's let, let's let him go. I can tell you let's I don't have time. But what I do have, I even edited it to make him talk faster. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I, I kept editing it, you. and the music didn't even didn't even but like you mess with the music. <laughs> it's just... I, will you, I will find you, and 
and I will kill you. Yeah. God, he's um, great. That's actually a really good movie. Taken was the number one movie. Yeah, it really uh, is. The week. Yeah, that honest to God, like a good movie. I enjoy it. I, I've probably watched it three or four times. I just love That's Liam. a good action movie. Liam yeah, Neeson is great. Dude. Yeah, he's good in pretty much anything he does. Well, and he had, so there was that run where he like started doing the Taken movies and he did like The Grey. And he he did like a handful of movies that, that were just like. the wolves? Yeah. Like the killer wolves? Yeah. <laughs> and he did a handful of movies that were just completely like kind of like off the wall and like action-y and like didn't seem like what he was used to doing because he was like kind of headed towards the like like only doing serious films for a while. Um, but apparently like what had happened was his wife died in like a tragic ski accident. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. And she like, yeah. it was like super sudden. And apparently he was so like heartbroken over that, that he was like, just I'll be in anything. Like just, I, I need to be busy. So like that's why he like started doing like the Taken movies. Is that how he ended up in Taken? Was that like his first role after his wife's death? I wife's death? think that's the case. I could be wrong, but yeah, because I mean, if you've ever seen Schindler's List, you don't, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just yeah. Completely different vibe than what you get from Liam Neeson in the last decade. Yeah, but in like, it, he is just a straight up action. There was a huge know. string of them too, of just like action movie after action movie, and it was well, just because three he taken like, movies. He wanted to keep his mind off of his dead wife, the poor guy. Damn, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was like a big story. I wonder when that was. Maybe they'll show up in our Probably not. Probably, I think it probably happened before our time warps. But um, okay, so back to the music. Qui Gon Jinn himself. Yeah, we we need to do some Qui Gon heavy episode. We're going to do a Qui Gon special bonus episode. Very oh, underrated awesome. Jedi. Yes, he's a free mind. When we when we when we say he's one of the free minded Jedi's, kind of got his own oh, yeah. prerogative, right? Yep. Yeah. We'll get into it. Uh, it I think some of those. It's very come Orwellian. Up. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the thing now. It's That's your Orwellian. I hate it. God, every time somebody says something about Orwellian, it's like you've never fucking read that book. <laughs> Not everything in your everything is apparently dystopian now to some fucking people. It's like Jesus Christ. Good God. Like read a fucking book. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Um, gather myself. Okay, so Just Dance is still number one on the charts. Still number one? Yeah, it's three All weeks right. in a row. Jeez. It might have been longer than that. This is just since we started doing Time Warps. There is single ladies that lady can't do. Nope. Single Ladies is still number two. So what do we do? We go to number three. <laughs> oh, what do you think number three is? We're just going to go down the list. <laughs> I'm not abandoning this, by the way. So if we get to number 25 before the number one song changes... I'm doing it. All right. Um, it's a male artist, still very predominant today. Male today's artist, hip hop scene today. Um, uh, something in the uh, Chris Brown category is it? Chris Brown? Is he, no. Is this around that time? No. Uh, <laughs> he had already fallen off. More the map. more mentally stable than Chris Brown, but I wouldn't say that's saying much. Let's just let's just give it a word. Bruno Mars. In the night, I hear him talk the cold story ever told. Somewhere far along this road, he lost his soul to a woman so hard 
West. Hey, there it is. Heartless. The um, before he peddled $300 sneakers that look like you could get them at Walmart, <laughs> he peddled synthesized beats and was hitting top 40s tracks. Good for him. Those shoes, aren't they like, they're basically socks with soles on them, aren't they? Well, there's different variations. Okay. I'm a bit of a sneakerhead, so full disclosure. Um, there's different variations. So like there's the Easy Boosts. There are the Wave Runners. But the ones that you're thinking of, the socks... God, what are those? I forget what they're called. There's the there's the foam runners, which are just hideous. They're like slip-ons that have like holes all over them. You've probably seen them. <laughs> they look like a boat. <laughs> they look like a boat that has no buoyancy. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, I mean, but the thing is, like, they're very comfortable shoes, but like a lot of them are just clompers. And by clompers, what I mean is like giant air monarchs that you see like dads mowing the lawn with yeah. while they wear while they wear jean shorts like that's what a lot of the yeezys are like the the like the wave runners and shit like that so whatever i think um, i'm just like i i love i love that dad looks so much that when i was this last summer when i was at my cabin that was like the only thing that that was like basically my outfit the entire time i was at the cabin were you were you doing the jean shorts just jean shorts i had white tube socks pulled all the way up and Crocs. Um, I should have picked up some New Balance tennis shoes to pull the whole ensemble together. But well, there is the New Balance road, but you could do the Air Monarchs, and then at the same time, if you get the Air Monarchs, the Nike Air Monarchs, you could be seen as ironically cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there was like a there was like a moment. I think like I don't know, like two years ago, where like Air Monarchs had like their time in the sun where they're ironically cool for young people to wear. Well, ironically cool is my favorite kind of cool. So and now the fact that it's two years past them being ironically cool, you could be really ironically cool by wearing those. They're coming back around. Yeah. Um, so that's our Let's do the time Christmas Day. So, all right, now this is going to be heavy. <laughs> this, okay, now Adam, why don't, you, why don't you just give the listeners a little feedback on, after the last episode, I said I was going to go watch it right away, which I did. Yes, you How did. How long after that episode was I texting you? I was like still leaving in front of my computer when you texted me and you were like, oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> I believe I said it was insane. <laughs> yes, you said this episode is insane. Now, I got to say, like, that's like this episode was very daunting for me to even take notes on. It is there is so much here. Like, God, there is so much here. This is like the most content dense episode they have thrown at us. By far. Oh, yeah. Like, just where I even want to go with this, like, I'm still racking my mind around it. So yeah. we'll just do, we'll go through the episode. But God, there's so many, like, roads we could take to talk about just things that we've seen in this episode. It really could be, like, two or three episodes. But they, like, really condensed it down. It's insane. Ah, oh, there's so many themes in this one. It's just fucking insane. Well, what's it, crazy... Honestly, What's crazy, too, is, like, the last two episodes that we watched with the lemur children, like, I feel like they could have boiled those two down to one good episode, and they could have taken this one and split it up into a couple and, like, 
I feel like that would have been a better thing to do, but yeah, like that episode, they stretch I mean, Yeah. You could easily have packed that one into one episode. This one, this could be another, like a three story arc, but it is interesting. Like it is interesting that they are like, we've gotten, we had those two episodes that we just did. And now this one and all three of them are like, have pretty strong, like war themes to them. So it's like really kind of like getting into the war aspect of the Clone Wars. Now they've gone like the opposite route um, with the antagonist though. The antagonist for the last two episodes, not really a full-on antagonist, but, you know, <laughs> the the Lehman, Lerman, the Lerman leader was kind of like a, the, the pacifist antagonist who yep. was just going to get his people killed because he was just so staunchly pacifist. We have the polar opposite of that gun. We have literally, <laughs> yes. we have like a genocidal maniac on our hands in this episode, like straight well, up. The other part that I think is like kind of a cool theme too is like the last episode that we saw, we had a uh, Nemoidian George, George Takei coming in. So even though that they were dealing with the lemur children, um, there still was separatists that they were dealing with. So there was still an, like an antagonist that was from the separatist army that was playing a part in the overall plot. Now but they're really like, more like it still was like a subplot to what is this Lerman leader going to do? Lehman leader going to do? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but he the, was the separatists, the main, was, yeah. separatists were still there. Now we're at a place in this episode where the enemy is actually technically on the Republic side. Like yes. the separatists have nothing to do with this. And this, this episode like leaves us with so many questions about the, um, the validity of the Republic as <laughs> as a governing body for one. Yeah. Like some of the stuff that's going on here, it's fucking insane. Like how can you, in- we'll get into it. Let's just get into it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fucking insane. Oh, Start the all recap. Right. All right, I got to breathe. I got to breathe first. Now it's over. We need this. We need this. Get through this one. Okay. Season one, episode 15, Trespass. We begin on a Republic outpost on a planet called orto or is it plutonia is it orto or plutonia i think it's it's plutonia in the orto system no it's orto plutonia like it's two words but that's the name of the planet we're off to a hot start um (laughs) we have lost okay so there is a republic base out there um and they have lost contact with the base so they are sending obi-wan and anakin and some reps from pantora which is an inhabited moon nearby. Now, the thing to remember about Orto-Plutonia, it's like this desolate, freezing planet. It's Hoth-like from Empire Strikes Back. It's very Hoth-like. And nobody lives there. Um, At least they don't think anybody lives there. And the people from Pantora, this is in their system, and they guess not officially claim it as their own, but they claim it's their own. Um... I don't know. It, it was kind of vague as to if it's ever been officially declared, but it sounds like it never was officially declared to be their territory. Yeah, but it sounds like Pantora is a moon of Orto-Plutonia. Um, Pantora is the moon that like orbits it. So it's like this is I, it sounds like a triumphant moment for them to like come in and claim the land in the name of Pantora. Yes. Um, 
So the two main Pantorans that we're going to be dealing with in this episode, uh, the two main reps here, um, are Chairman Cho and Senator Chuchi. Um, a little bit about Chairman Cho. He is a total asshole from the start. <laughs> right off the bat. Like, he is bossing around Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, uh, that, with all due respect, Jedi, I'll do whatever the fuck I want, is basically what he's saying here. Um, he makes so many declarative statements, like, this wasteland belongs to us. And just all, he, the guy is just a fucking blowhard. He's insane. He is insane. Well, we'll in that. I don't know how they're, like, the politics of Pantora work, but so there's, he's the chairman, and then he brings along the senator with him. So, like, apparently the chairman is, like, the, like, the governing body of the actual moon, but the senator is the republic's representative, like, for On this Pantora. Mission. Yeah, but so... For I all think, intents like, and purposes, you really get the vibe that Senator Chuchi is a patsy for the Pantoran government. Like, she has no yes. real power or sway. Yeah. Um, Chairman yep. Cho really comes off as, like, a dictator with a title brushed over it. Like, yeah. chairman. But it's really, like, dear leader is the vibe yep. I get from him. Um, oh, he's a so, fascist. Oh, yeah, he's, an he's absolute a big-time fascist. fascist. Um, so Obi-Wan asked him to wait while they go in and investigate this base before they come in. He demands to go in. He says, this is my, I, you're under my authority here, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, they acquiesce because the senator says the chancellor has the right to do this or something. It's I, whatever. She intervenes on his part and says, technically, he's right. He should be able to go with you on this mission. So they all go into the base. Um, as soon as we get in the base, immediately we're in. We're in dark side territory for as far as grim levels go, because <laughs> there's a bunch of pikes in the ground and there's clone trooper helmets lined up on all these pikes in the ground. So like they have been massacred here and they get into the command center and there's all these fucking corpses laying around like it, it's just grim. It's grim as hell. Um, so the immediate assumption is, oh, the separatists got here. But no, Obi-Wan says, I don't believe it's a separatist. The computers have not been touched. We're not seeing any sign of like a firefight or anything, but um, psychopath Chairman Cho like keeps yelling about how it's the separatists. Like he is convinced it's the separatists. I don't know why he cares. It's just insane. He's convinced that it's separatists, though. Um, uh, now we do have some awesome clones with us in this episode. We got Rex. Rex is here, and he is wearing a lovely snowsuit. The clones have lovely snowsuits on. Adam, what do you know about these snowsuits? Oh, I just I, I love any kind of design aspect based on like the landscape and ecosystem that they're in. So it the the clone snowsuits kind of mirror the the snowtrooper outfits that we're used to from like Empire Strikes Back. So they have like a yeah like the helmet, but then like a sheet that comes down around the shoulders. Um, really cool, just solid. And Rex is yep. fucking awesome. I just love Rex. Rex is pretty beast in this episode. Kind of feels also, bad for him though. He gets the, put um, in an awful position. Also, the coats that Anakin and Obi Wan are wearing seem Canadian to goose. echo. They <laughs> they echo the same coats that, uh, like the style that Han Solo wears in Empire Strikes Back on Hoth. Oh, like okay, it's got yeah, the, they do the that's kind of yeah. like fur around the hood and yep. uh Fun fact: is, uh, I think it was Columbia has a they do like a Star Wars event every year. And like three years ago, they released a like special edition, like echo base line of coats. And 
I came so close to buying the Han Solo parka and I regret so badly not doing it, but I would have had How to much, go to have you checked eBay. Oh yeah. They're like in the thousand. upwards of a thousand dollars, if not yeah. more. Um, but I think they were retail. It was like 400 or 500 bucks. Um, well, just but get, I would have, I would have had to go to like three years ago when the event was actually taking place, I would have had to go to the Columbia store on Michigan Avenue in Chicago. Cause that's where I was living uh, at like 6 AM and like stand in line for it. And I just wasn't ready for that level of commitment. <laughs> I didn't want the coat <laughs> that badly. Just get a similar coat and put some Republic patches on it or something. Don't think I haven't you know, thought about that. Get some rebel patches, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, but they're basically like Canadian goose. That's what they are. Those Canadian yeah, goose. Yeah. Yep. yeah. They look very warm and comfortable. And then you put the goggles on with it and you're just you're living gravy. Like you can't freeze. Oh, I dig them. Great. They oh, I dig. they are looking good. Yeah. Um, so Rex and the did you get the picture I sent you? Now we can't show you guys a picture, but did you get the picture I sent you of Rex standing next to Anakin? No. I emailed it to you. You didn't get it? He looks like a five-year-old no, child I... next to Anakin in this snowsuit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's neither here nor there. It doesn't really matter. Um, Rex gets word, though, that some of his scouts have spotted a droid base in the area. Um, so Obi-Wan, Anakin, Rex, and some clones decide to head out to that base. As soon as they get to the base, they walk in, and what do you know? We got droid heads on pikes as well. Same business. <laughs> um, they really find... love decapitating droids. Yeah. But good luck balancing. It's easy to balance a clone's helmet. It's really tough to balance those droids head on pike. <laughs> yeah, they're oblong. Yeah, gosh. They don't got a good fulcrum point that yeah. you can balance them off of. They're like the shape of like a subway foot long if you accidentally sat on it, you know? <laughs> like you you throw it in your car seat and then you just sit. Anyways, whatever. Um, so they find these large footprints in a snowdrift inside the droid base. Um, and they find some security hollow footage. And it shows a droid that just gets absolutely housed by a snow beast of some kind. Um, and they find out that the droids were investigating the Southern Canyon. So, of course, they're going to head off to the Southern Canyon. Um, Obi-Wan seemed really impressed with the beast. He said he's a great fighter or something. <laughs> yeah. like All it was is like just jumping and mauling on something. He's just huge. He's not a great fighter. He's just huge. From know, moment I one, I got the impression that like Obi-Wan is completely like more of the explorer class and like wants nothing to do with any of the clones or droids and could give a shit whether they lived or died. He's just like interested in the new planet and like, the Oh life yeah. On it. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, that's where that droid got host. Yeah. Let's just head there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and just like walking into all these places that have been abandoned and just totaled. And he's just, yeah, he's very, he is very explorer in this. He's a, he's a man of the world. He's a man about He's town. a curious he man. He to, he's a curious guy. That's what makes him so great. <laughs> he's a guy that wants to learn things. He's open to learning new things. That's why he's so great. Uh, we get back to the Republic base, and Chairman Cho just continue to be a real asshole to the clones. He's convinced it's a separatist attack. He's ordering them around, like, get these weapons back up, blah, blah, blah. He's like a, yeah, he's a fucking dictator. He's insane. Um, Senator Chuchi, you know, challenges him a bit and points out the folly of assumption. He's like, there's no droid remains here. There's no blast marks, blah, blah, blah. And he immediately cuts her off and goes, so you're an expert on war now. 
I have led our people before you were born. It's like, okay, fucking boomer. Like, yeah, you really laid into her on that one. Yeah. And it's like, why she's making valid points and you're just convinced that it's the separatists. I think he wants it to be the separatists. Um, yeah, that's like any kind of tyrant it loves yeah. war because it gives them a chance to consolidate power like and all that stuff. He's clearly here looking for a fight is what I'm getting at. Um, the other thing the other thing that I wrote down, too, is like, where do these dudes come from? Because like I've even experienced dudes like this at work and stuff who like yeah, just are so steadfast. They like know everything, cannot be challenged. And I'm just like, I do not like how does how do they think I don't know where I don't know where this minds where does the mindset breed from yes I mean it's just yeah it's crazy I think a lot of personality is from the nurture side of things in development and it's just like what the fuck what what nurtured you into this like how (laughs) like you need help if this is how you see the world like if you are this steadfast and headstrong and just looking for shit to fight like get fucking help, man. Like a couple of therapy like, sessions. A couple of therapy sessions really could have been beneficial to uh I go I go good I friend go. Chicho. Yeah. Yes. I go once every two weeks, Chicho. You should probably be going. <laughs> I would say I'd recommend a couple times a week where you're at right now. And then maybe you can, you know, then you can progress to the the bi weekly thing. But right away he's gonna need some intensive therapy. Um hopefully oh, yeah. he gets the twice chance. a week at least. Yeah. I don't know if he's gonna get a chance though. Um <laughs> Um, so Senator Chuchi then remarks, Hey, if it isn't the separatist, perhaps there is a peaceful resolution. And then he completely ignores that comment. Like he doesn't even respond to it. He just says, I'm willing to die for my planet. Are you? And so she suggests like, Hey, if it's not the separatist, maybe we can have a peaceful agreement here. And he just completely ignores it. Like he is clearly looking to like kill shit. Like I need to know this guy's backstory. Like did his wife leave him right before he left? (laughs) on this mission or something like something something in something in his personal life must have happened she, she left him for uh for, she left him for one of the talls yeah. <laughs> hey, they do have a dick on their face so you know <laughs> uh we'll get to the talls here in a moment um but yeah he's we'll get we got plenty of time to talk about the chairman um we get back to obi-wan and anakin they're in the south canyon area uh, they see a flickering set of lights in the distance, so they know they're being watched. Um, they head further into the canyon, and they're greeted, circled, really, by a bunch of large snow monsters. And we find out that these large snow monsters are called the Tulls. And they have four eyes, kind of spider-looking eyes, and then they have the little, they have like a little, I don't know, like a finger, we'll say, sticking out of their it's mouth. It's like a proboscis for a mouth oh, thing. Yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like a bug probe. <laughs> so, um, the, you've seen them before in bars in the Star Wars universe, and I think they flick it. I've was there one like flicking it at one time? Yep, his little that yeah. one. That, so that guy was it. Moss Eisley. That was yep. in Moss Eisley. Moss Eisley in A New Hope. Uh, Mooftok. That was the guy in the Moss Eisley Cantina. Mooftok. Um, but yeah, he's having a drink, and then he kind of like brushes his little proboscis yep. with his finger. Yeah, that's me. You know, clean it up a little bit. Um, so they're these large so, white. So they're yeah, large white. They look like snow beasts with four eyes and a little probe thing yeah. coming out for a mouth. Yeah, so um, they're like a yeti they're, they're, mixed with uh, four spider eyes and then like a yeah, a little bug probe coming out their mouth with like big claws and stuff. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah, so two 
so one set of their eyes is bigger, one set of their eyes is smaller, and uh, I looked up some stuff online, and I guess their their bigger set of eyes are meant for nighttime seeing, and their smaller set of eyes are meant for daytime seeing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it really is like if you took a Yeti General Trench and... <laughs> I don't know, Baxter, Dr. Baxter from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when he's in bug form and just threw him in like a ninja blender and put them all together and out comes, yeah. <laughs> out comes a Tulls. Um, but uh, Anakin, um, as they're walking up, he's like, how do you plan on communicating with these things? And Obi-Wan, because he's the awesome explorer, is just like, hey, patience. Maybe they're smarter than we are, dude. Like, why do you assume these things? You don't know anything about these people. So fuck you, Anakin. Yeah. The other thing that always... <laughs> The other thing that Obi-Wan says, too, that I thought was funny is he sells out the clones right away because he he looks at Anakin and he says, uh, steady Anakin, they're only curious. Let's not provoke them as the droids and our troops must have done. (laughs) So immediately he's putting blame on the forces that were like not native to the planet. Yeah, I mean, we never really get a story of what happened the assumption is the droids came at them and the talls then destroyed the droids push forward saw the republic there and assumed they were bad guys and attacked yeah i, guess I think it later kind of later theory. on in the episode later on in the episode i think obi-wan like just lays it out very quickly and he says the talls went after or the droids went after the talls the talls retaliated but the the clones just got caught in the middle and yeah couldn't help it which probably seems like the most plausible thing. Like, I don't see the clones. They aren't the type to go and provoke fights with the natives. Um, right. So the Tall's chieftain, as they walk into the camp, the Charles chieftain greets, uh, greets them by throwing his spear into the ground. This is like the sign of, like, parlay for these Talls. You throw the spear in the ground, and they say, all right, let's talk. That's basically what they're saying. Um, as soon as he throws the spear in the ground, Anakin quips to Obi-Wan, well, say something. And Obi-Wan just goes, just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. Like he just was not listening to Anakin like give him any shit. He was immediately like, just shut up. Um, then they're in the hut, and this scene goes really quick. And this is kind of like where they could have fleshed this out a little more and drawn out this episode quite a bit more than it was. It was very rushed. Because they have that quick scene where he's greeted by throwing the spear on the ground. Then the next thing you know, they're in this tent. And Anakin's immediately drawing a picture. He picks up that they 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 can communicate with them by drawing a picture. Um, so Anakin draws a picture of you know a, a humanoid looking figure shaking hands with a tall's looking figure, and they become friends. And it was like it was like twenty seconds. You know they yeah. they get to the tall's village, and within under a minute we're out of there again. Um, yeah, and they've made peace, and it's just like you just gave me forty minutes of the damn lemurs. Like you could have. <laughs> You could have easily dragged a lot of this stuff out quite a bit more. And there's so much like character stuff going on here that 20 minutes just doesn't do it justice. They um, also just encapsulated the entire movie uh, arrival. They boiled that down to about yeah. 15 seconds. where They're drawing pictures on leaves and showing each other them to communicate. Yeah. They, yeah. It, like, and they used how long, how long was that piece of shit? Like two hours and 20 minutes. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, they just stood there every, you know, they'd go up to the, I only saw it once when I was like half asleep, but they kept going up to that room where it was in or whatever and just kind of staring at it. How many times did they go up there and stare at it? But in, I feel 20? like the thing, like my anyway, frustration, just... 
My frustration isn't the fact that they didn't spend more time with this. My frustration is what they have spent time with compared to this. Like if all of the piece of shit story arcs that we've watched before were boiled yeah, we're down treated in one episode, like yeah. it wouldn't be that bad. Yeah. Um I mean, if you know, if you want to say something nice about Bombad Jedi, you can say this. It was one episode. Granted, it was an arc, but they quickly got away from that hideous aspect of the arc. <laughs> yes. um, no, but I'm just saying this. There's a lot more here than some of the arcs we've seen, um, you know, so whatever. I mean, it is what it is. It's a 20 minute episode. Um, so they make peace with the Talls. Obi-Wan gets a big hug as they're leaving. The chieftain is really taken to Obi-Wan. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> How Anakin and Obi Wan taken with Obi Wan. Yeah, he's a hand, that beard. He makes he works that beard, man. It looks the beard and hair kind of looks like icing on a donut to me. Oh yeah, <laughs> just, yes, it does. Yeah, it's very it's angular. angular. Yeah, it's <laughs> like the Lerman's beard. <laughs> <laughs> just a triangle on his face. Um, so Anakin and Obi-Wan, they return to base. Um, they let everybody, they let them know, hey, we found what happened here. There's some inhabitants here. And Chairman shows like, absolutely not. We've been in this planet. We've explored this planet. There are no uh, inhabitants here. If there are, there are trespassers. No Pintoran explorers have ever found any inhabitants. And Obi-Wan's like, dude, um, <laughs> these talls are not nearly advanced enough for space travel. So they must likely been here longer than any of your explorers have been here. Um, I mean, and they're clearly, they just didn't, you know, it's not like they showed up overnight in a spaceship. Like they're throwing spears and stuff. Like they're, they're very primitive compared to anybody with the ability to space travel. Yeah. Um, well, and I get the feeling too, that Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan multiple times in this episode, like as soon as Shicho starts like going off, Obi-Wan immediately is like, oh God, like, come on, dude. Like, no, <laughs> but is just to no avail because he just gets railroaded. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Cho's just not having it. Um, and he, he, he says this line here in the, the back and forth with Obi-Wan. He goes, whoever they are, they belong to us. Fucking insane. That is like, that's such a normal thing for somebody to say. Like, but oh also, God. They're, they're coming from a moon landing on the planet. And they're the ones that are bossing everyone around and thinking that they own everything. Like, that seems very odd to me. Well, apparently the moon must be a very lush place if they Apparently. if their entire race lives there i find it kind of, you know you don't really i mean the ewoks lived on a moon yeah right? yeah so i mean it, it's star wars moons <laughs> moons are also planets i guess you know <laughs> so, what we seem to think of a moon typically doesn't hold in the star wars universe um anyways senator chuchi tries to point out that this is a matter that should be under senatorial jurisdiction um because chairman cho is already like clamoring to just go blow them up like he just wants to go kill them and he's trying to like rouse the clones and blah 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 and the senator's like oh, wait hold up not even you can do this like this is under our jurisdiction um <laughs> but he continues to push back um so he points out that um obi-wan then points out that they only want to be left alone the droids attack them uh, the Republic base just kind of got caught in the middle of all this mess. Yep. And Chairman Cho, once again, wholeheartedly just ignores that comment and doesn't even respond to it. He's just like immediately tells Rex to prepare his troops for battle. And Obi-Wan's like, there's not going to be a battle. We have 
<laughs> we have a meeting set up with you between the Tulls High Council, and they want peace. Um, Chairman Cho ignores this completely. Completely ignores this statement. And he says, now this is one thing I want to get into. He says, they are not covered by the Convention of Civilized Systems. Now, this sounded like a very formal agreement of some kind, some kind of pact. Yeah. And, and I have no, I, like, that's the first time I had heard of it, too. And I'm just kind of wondering, why would the Republic sign a pact where these, like, natives aren't protected under this Convention of Civilized Systems? Like, could anything be more like elitist, the civilized symptom systems and like native inhabitants are not protected under this pact? Like well, who, you're just free to just massacre them. Who knows? I mean, it, it could be the Republic trying to not be imperialistic and trying to leave like systems to work out things by themselves. Like it could be viewed like that. I don't know. I'll have to, I haven't looked up the treaty yet to see like what, it actually stipulates, but I don't know if it's specifically saying like screw native systems. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It could be a very dark thing if it's what I think it sounds like it is like, yeah, we have a, a pact of civilized systems, but that means like anybody that hasn't mastered space travel can just get blown away for the sake of, I mean, you're really, if that's the case, then you're no better than Locke Dewar was last week. Yeah. You know? Well, and it, it sounds like it could like, you could be right with that because once That's the Republic, the vibe I got from what he said, because he's like once the Republic, on once the Republic turned into the Empire, like they immediately started enslaving, like the Talls were one example. Like in, in the Wikipedia entry on them, it talks about how they, like they never master space travel because they're not like civilized enough or they're not advanced enough. But one way that they got to like multiple systems after the clone wars were once the republic turned into the empire the empire immediately enslaved the talls and the wookies and other creatures that like weren't seen as civilized and used them as slaves so that's how they would like transport them to different parts of the like galaxy sure. so that's how yeah. our our buddy muff talk or whatever his name is wound up in Mos Eisley yeah um so um, Obi-Wan says, hey, we have to leave now if we're going to meet up with them. Blah, blah, blah. Um, the meeting is about to start. We have to go now. Um, so uh, they're about to head out. Uh, Rex now says that there's a massive blizzard coming that's going to help more troops landing. Um, Anakin says, hey, no matter what the chairman says, we are not going to war. Like, OK, thanks, Anakin. Thank you. Thank you for standing up for this. <laughs> you know, just based on his history. OK, sorry. I go back to that too much. I know. Um so the Republic reps, they head to the meeting. Um, Chairman Cho, as soon as they park on their speeders, they got snow speeders, as soon as they all park, Chairman Cho turns to Rex and says, as soon as the savages show up, attack them. <laughs> <laughs> like this dude is like one track mind. How does he just how does he think this is going to go? Like, does like, he we think are at he's going to show here. up? Does he think that he's going to show up and the talls are just going to be like, OK, cool. It seems like this guy knows what he's doing. Let's they just don't lay even, everything they can't down. Even, they can't space travel. Where do you think they're going to go? Like, <laughs> you want them off this planet so much that they're clearly natives, too. But where do you think they're going to go? Like, you can give them a spaceship that they could never figure out how to fly. Are you just yeah, going to, like, wholeheartedly take some transports and just, like, move them somewhere else? Like, yeah, what? it's nuts. What is his, I don't know. Like, don't know what his deal is. 
<laughs> yeah, but he's like, yeah, just attack him as soon as they show up. And Obi-Wan's like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> um, Obi-Wan immediately stops. He's like, there will be no attack. And he flips out on Obi-Wan now. And he says, you will do as I command. Like, what? Oh, this dude is nonstop. Um, then is Obi-Wan there any part like, of you? Is there any part of you that uh, is like just the slightest bit jealous of that dude's confidence level, though? Because for hey. me, there absolutely is. Like if I had if I had one fraction of his confidence, I would I would be doing a lot better than I am right now. Yeah, this podcast would have a successful Patreon if either of us <laughs> had that level of confidence. Um, but like. Yeah, I know. Like, we should start a list. That's not, we always keep talking about these lists that we have start. Like, I got to start my mediocre white guy list. So, Grievous, <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's fucking insane. But it, one track mine, and he's sticking to it for like as pacifist as the Lerman was. Like, he is the polar opposite of him. They are they they are two characters, uh, two polar ends of things, but they hold that same. They hold that same. You know that 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 ideal of what they, their worldview and they do not budge off it. Like, I have the not same considered that, that but that is a very good, uh, <laughs> that is a very interesting point that we went from like, well, yeah, I mean that guy to this guy. It's gotta be intentional. Doesn't it? Cause they're literally, I, yeah, they're, they're of the same mindset that they're hard headed beyond. You know, there's no, you know, they just will not let go, but just two different things, two different ideologies. Um, but yeah, they're yep. like, They'd probably get along <laughs> until like, hey, you think of war, you know, <laughs> then they'd be then they'd come to. Bl- well, no, they want to come to blows. He just killed the little guy. He just kill him. <laughs> um, all right. I'm, I'm really getting off track here. Uh, he's like, I'm in control here. And then Obi-Wan immediately is like, yeah, you're not in control of anything. And like all of a sudden, like talls, they have this really cool thing where they like bury themselves in snow and then pop up. <laughs> it's all of a sudden they like all start popping up out of nowhere. And like, they've been surrounded the whole time by talls. And, um, he, uh, he reluctantly goes into the meeting. He's clearly not happy about it. Um, we got C3PO with, which is cool because he's translating. Um, and C3PO is translating the towels. Chieftain greets them. He's very friendly with them. He says, Hey, we welcome you, but we would like you to leave. This is our planet. This is our home. We just want to be left alone. Um, the chairman freaks out, calls them savages, calls them, you know, blah, 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 all this and that. C-3PO uncomfortably has to translate this just rant from this madman. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Tall's chieftain gets super pissed, as he should, and then asks again that they leave. Otherwise, it will mean more. So he's once again giving this guy the opportunity to avoid this. And why would you even want this planet, buddy? This planet sucks, yeah. man. This is like Siberia. Like, <laughs> there's nothing there. There's nothing. I don't even think, is there any resources of any value? There's nothing. I'm sure once you dig below the surface, there's got to be oil or something. Cool. I mean, you could still, if you if you got to do that, fine. Just leave the Southern Canyon alone. That's just chill, you know? Ugh. This guy. This guy. Um. <laughs> anyways, um... Talls immediately is just like, fine, if it's war, then war it is. So he got his wish. They're going to war, apparently. Um, <laughs> I got to, I got to, hold on. I got to just take over for a second. I got to decompress, man. There's so much here. <laughs> <laughs> he really got under your skin, didn't he? Well, it's nonstop. 
it's like every yeah. five seconds with this guy, you're like, holy shit. Like, it's just I, super I think Obi Wan, Obi Wan would be justified just killing this guy right now. Well, he it would. seems like Obi Wan did. It seems like Obi Wan did want to do some of that stuff too. Like he he was visibly very frustrated with a lot of the stuff, but he's like, eh, our hands are tied. It's like you know, I think you can make members him... of the Republic, and we're yeah. we're just here as representatives. And yeah, keep holding that you know notepad, Obi Wan. Freaking like a, he's like an administrative assistant for this guy that just doesn't agree with him on anything. <laughs> but like, I think you could make a moral argument that like just killing this dude or like, you know, locking him up in the ship and doing, you know, would be completely justified. Yeah. You know, like well, he's this insane. guy's clearly he's, like out for blood and he's about to he's massacre. He's a crazy person. Yeah. And it's just like, this is the chairman of that entire fucking race. Like, dude, like Obi-Wan, you'd be saving so many lives if you just chopped this dude's head off right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, dude. Nobody will, nobody will say anything. Um, we're back at the base. Chairman Cho, back at the base, immediately is getting back on his speeder, and he says all the troops need to follow him. He's trying to command the clone troops around. Um, Anakin tells Rex, hey, go along with him, protect him at all costs, but do not engage in a fight. But if you're going to protect the guy, this is what didn't make sense to me about this order. If you're going to protect the guy and he gets attacked, then don't you have to fire back? I mean, they're basically, you know, they're saying play self-defense, but... Yeah, you know yeah. that this guy is going to start firing on the uh, on the talls. So you're basically starting a war here um, for all intents and purposes. Well, um, and that's where I feel bad. Like, I just feel bad for the clones because they don't want to do this bullshit, but they're kind of like honestly forced like, into it. It's um, there's four uh, Pantorans in this episode. There's Senator Chuchi. There's Chairman Cho. And then there's two bodyguards for Cho. Like, hey, fuck it. If he really wants a war with them, send him and his stupid two bodyguards out there and let him get killed. I wouldn't say I just wouldn't have sent the clones with him. I'd have been like, hey, man, we're not agreeing to this. And I, I'm pretty sure there could be an argument on, uh, you know, a, a level of legality that this is not legal what he's about to do. There has to be. I mean, there's just no way that this would be a sanctioned republic action i'm just wondering if there's some kind of allegory for this in real life like if there is some time in history where like a larger governing body is visiting or like trying to work with a smaller like member of their republic and that member like just fully takes advantage and puts them into a war I'm if we got any sure. uh, history majors <laughs> listening let us know. You can write in uh, clonecastpod at gmail.com. I mean, I can think of a larger entity that does that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like a country, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> anyways, there's some parallels there, too, that we'll get into. Um, so Senator Chuchi's talking with Obi-Wan at this point. She's like, there's nothing I can really do. It, as chairman, he's proclaimed this as an internal affair. It's like, Dude, this just has, like, unilateral powers to do whatever the fuck he wants, apparently. Like, he cannot be trifled with. Like, hey, this is, an in this is, a, this is now an internal matter. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> the term chairman really carries a lot of weight. Yes, the chairman. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they should have gave him a better name. I, I, I think chairman <laughs> is just... What, what would be a good one for what would be a good one for him um, supreme leader that's the way he's acting 
Yes, Supreme Leader Chuchi. Chu. Obi Wan recommends that she file a petition with the Jedi Council for an intervention, and she's immediately like, "I can do that without him." It's like, holy shit! Like, how long has she been in the Senate? Like, she doesn't know the basic. She seems like she seems very junior. Yeah, she she is a junior senator, which means, um, yes, I'm guessing this is her first term. We'll just put it that way. Yes, Um, and it really feels like it's just like a, um, it's just a position of you know zero authority when it comes to the Pantoran government. It's it's just more of like a, a symbolic role that they play in the Republic. But I really don't think it has anything to do with like Pantoran policy, clearly. Um, yeah. Just kind of like a patsy for the totalitarian Pantoran government. Yeah. Um, but she's like, yeah, without his permission. And um, Obi-Wan's like, uh, yeah, reach out to your assemblyman in, in the Senate. So she's going to reach out to the uh, Pantoran Speaker of the Assembly and attempt to uh, petition the Jedi Council for an intervention. Um, we then get back to the chairman. He's heading to the canyon with a bunch of clones on speeders and his bodyguards. Um, chairman Cho uh, sees the talls in the distance and immediately commands the clones to fire <laughs> he's, he's said, like fire when they're in range <laughs> yeah keep going there's a line he um, says that i rewound a couple of times because it made me laugh rex immediately says hey we're only here to protect you it's like well he's gonna fire on him so you're probably gonna have to put going um <laughs> and then so they continue going and i think this is the line um they continue going and suddenly <laughs> The talls, which they're known to do because they hide in the snowbanks and they're very tricky like that, they pop up around them and he just goes, it's a trap. Kill them. <laughs> Is that the one? Yes. They haven't done anything yet. They just pop up and surround me immediately. goes, it's a trap. Kill them. It was the second it happened. He goes, it's a trap. Kill them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Immediate. Um, a battle ensues. He's um, wasting no time. Yeah. Um, anyways, the battle starts and <laughs> the clones and Pantorans uh, form like a circle of speeders as a barrier. Um, and like it's a it's a canyon. So there's like all these high walls around them and the talls are up there just like literally throwing spears like sticks. They're throwing fucking spears at them, you know. Yep. And it's like they have lasers and they're fighting this this primitive community of talls that are just fighting with like spears and like just wooden objects and shit. And it's just like, it's such, it's such a dynamic that you're like, what are they fucking doing? And and they're not winning by the way. <laughs> like the tolls, like it's like 10, it's like, I don't know, 15 on, I don't know, like hundreds of tolls. It's like that um, Norm Macdonald joke when he talks about World War World War One, or he talks about Germany going to going to world with the war, Germany yeah. going to war with the world. And it's and like oh, they one country against the world. Yeah, the world. <laughs> you think that it's like one country versus the world. You'd think that would be uh, that would be over pretty quick. It was actually pretty close. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's exactly what's going on with the tolls. Yeah. And then, and then 20 years later, again, they decide to go to war. And who do they choose as their opponent? <laughs> the, the world. The world. <laughs> One of literally, if, if you're a comedy fan, a stand-up fan, look up uh, Norm MacDonald on Letterman, one of Letterman's final shows. It's probably like the best eight minutes of stand-up comedy ever. It's and I, I, wonderful. Yeah, I really honestly, it's the best eight minutes of stand-up. Whatever you think of Norm, you got to see this. Um, <laughs> so 
uh, one of the talls, who's like a really brave boy, charges in and pummels one of the chairman's guards like right in the face with a spear. Like he jumps over the speeders and just smokes him right in the face with a spear. Um, and he's then and the 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 guard falls into the chairman. So the chairman's on the ground and he's about to like take out the chairman. And then right as he's about to stab the chairman, one of the chairman's other remaining guard shoots the talls. And it's really sad when these talls get shot, they like whimper and it's just, well, the other part, the other thing that we haven't talked about yet is the talls are also riding like a beast um, that I'm assuming is native to the planet. Uh, yeah, I, sorry, called, I didn't mention uh, them. There's just so much going on. That's and like, oh yeah, yeah, I remarked like later in the episode. I'm like, oh yeah, they're on beasts. By the way, that I hadn't even written down yet because there's just so much shit happening. Yeah, like in the beasts, they're like weird, like lion creatures, lion horse creatures. They look like uh, I looked them up. They're called narglots. So N A R G L A T C H. I, I kind of got a saber tooth uh, tiger vibe. Saber yeah, tiger yeah, yeah. for me. Um, but the thing but yeah. that bummed me out is one of them, one or two of them get like shot by the clones and they make they yelp. Like, that dog cry yelp. yelp. Yeah. And it's yeah. the worst. It, there's no worse sound in the world than that. Yeah. Like when you watch this, like you're already emphasizing, you know, you, you know you're feeling the Tulls' plight here. And then this stuff, like just the little details of the battle when a Tulls goes down or one of their beasts goes down. Dude, it just pulls on the heartstrings. I had problems playing Red Dead Redemption 2 when a dog attacks you in that game. There's no way around it you have to kill the dog. <laughs> and every time you kill the dog, it makes that sound. And it, oh. like, I had a hard time doing that. Would, so if you run away from it, it's just going to follow you forever? You could, yeah, yeah, well, you could try to run away from it. But if you need to like get into an area... like. Oh. Or like if you're trying to like be low profile and not uh, alert someone. Gosh, man, this is getting heavy. <laughs> <laughs> this episode, man, this episode. It's crazy. Up, it is insane. Like it's just and it's nonstop. Ah, oh, we're like halfway. Through. Okay. Okay. Whew. Okay. Um, so. They're basically being overrun at this point. Uh, Rex tells the troops to fall back and retreat. The chairman immediately goes, no, we cannot retreat from these animals. And <laughs> immediately, like, one, it's like, dude, you're getting your ass kicked. Look around. Like, you're delusional. Like, you're insane. But as meaningfully as he goes, we can't run, run away from these animals. As soon as he says animals, his other guard gets nailed in the <laughs> neck with a spear. <laughs> Just gets smoked. Like, right from long distance, a spear right in the dude's neck. Um, then the chairman is kind of like still firing. He's knocking on a speeder. The clones are packing up to leave. They're getting the hell out of there. As he's doing that, he, another spear comes in and it smokes him right in the back. Um, yes. Thank God. Um, right. As he was calling them savages again, too. Like, <laughs> it's like, we have, to, we have to keep fighting these savages. And he the timing was impeccable. Yeah. Lots of good kills in this episode, but he's not dead, by the way. Um, Rex picks him up. I would have left him. Like, really? Like, Rex, this is your out, man. Leave this guy here. Like, let him eat him or whatever the fuck they're going to do with him. Who gives a shit, you know? Wouldn't you have left him at this point? Oh, absolutely. I would have left him a long time ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. But 
Rex is a good soldier and he takes Anakin's orders to protect him very seriously. So he, he like throws his like limp body over the front of his speeder <laughs> and they bail out of there. Um, yeah. And it's funny because as they're bailing out of there and they're getting chased by these lulls on their beasts, like his limp, the chairman's limp body is just on the front of the speeder, just like <laughs> hanging lifelessly <laughs> as they're flying through this like snow drifts and shit. Like, it's really good. Um we get back to the Jedi with a senator and a Senator Chuchi is talking to the Pantoran assemblyman um, back on Coruscant. And they have given her the ability to authorize. Um, they've authorized her to negotiate a peace treaty. Um, the They agree that the chairman is out of order. And I'm just thinking like something must have happened to this guy in the last week. Because that was really quick. It took like five minutes to override this guy's just insanity. <laughs> They've been waiting for her to make that call for, for like 40 years. <laughs> She's actually 900 years old. Like <laughs> <laughs> They've just been standing by waiting for her to come to her senses and make that call. Yeah. Um, so that was a quick scene there, but she is authorized. Then we get back and the talls like the clones are retreating through the canyon and the talls are now coming out. Everywhere. They're basically cutting him off. Um, but luckily, the, the snow speeders are quite a bit faster than the beast that the talls are on. Um, I do see like the chieftain when he jumps out in front, though, he absolutely smokes a clone that's on a speeder. And it's hilarious. <laughs> yes, he does. Like that clone <laughs> and the clone, like he smokes him right in the face as he jumps out in front of him. And then the clone flies like at least 200 yards. <laughs> he just flies, man. Um, we get back to Senator Chuchi talking to Obi-Wan. She's trying to get Obi-Wan to lead the peace treaty. And Obi-Wan's like, no. This is your duty. You're the representative of this planet. You have to do this. Like, she's clearly nervous about this. Like, she has no experience with any of these things. Like, she is a patsy through and through. She's new. She's new. She's new. It's her first day at the job, and now she has uh, to negotiate. Obi-Wan's so wise, though. He knows He knows what's up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, do, he did her so many favors in this episode by letting her do these things. Invaluable lessons. Life lessons from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, but yeah, Obi-Wan insists she's got to do it. Um, and at this point, I mean, it's just obvious to me, like she's a pushover for the Nazi dictator, but she has good, she has good, like she has really good sentiments and you can tell she's a good person. She's really struggling with her role in dealing with this complete prick for a boss. Um, the clone escape continues, um, throughout these, uh, they're basically in a wasteland, a snow wasteland at this point. And there's this big, there's this big chasm. And there's this ice bridge coming up. So the clones are going to have to drive over this ice bridge to get to the other side. Um, and the first two clones that go on it, the, the ice bridge collapses. <laughs> <laughs> and they just fall to their death. There's so much death in this episode. This is a kid's show. <laughs> we should have kept a body count for how many people bit it in this one. But I, I was thinking that, you know, we keep talking about these things that we want to count. I was thinking, like, we should count how many clones get killed. Just how many droids get killed on a certain scene or something. And just, like, it would be through the charts. Like, the, the Clone Wars death total would be something that would be really interesting to look back on when we get through this. Because <laughs> this is technically a kid's show. Like, but every episode, there's, like, five deaths. It's just brutal. Um we're down to Rex and three other clones um, and the bridge is gone now. So they're just, you know, they put the, they put their snow speeders up in front of them in front of this chasm. And they're just kind of like their final stand here. Um, so it's Rex, three other clones. Uh, the talls are approaching them. It's going to be a massacre. Um, right. As the talls are starting to approach uh, your favorite transports show up, the Republic transport. Yeah. Show up. And the talls, 
catapult their attack. Uh, Anakin asks for a report from Rex. <laughs> Rex says, 11 dead. The rest are wounded. <laughs> it's like everybody got fucked up. And 11 dead for nothing. Um, Chairman Cho has come to at this point. So he's still alive. Um, he's come to and he immediately talks to the senator. And he says, as, as his final command as chairman of Pantora, I order you to destroy the Tulls. <laughs> As he's gasping for air, he's still trying to genocide these people for he no reason. Really, he is really taken being a prick to the end. Like he is yeah. not looking, he's not learned any kind of life lesson over the his past. His wife four must hours. have left him. His wife <laughs> must have left him. <laughs> and she's like, I'm afraid I cannot do that, Chairman. The Pantoran Assembly has called you out of order. I am to negotiate peace. And it's like, why didn't you do this so long ago? I'm just assuming. This wasn't an overnight thing for him, you know, if it was, holy shit. But <laughs> I just can't see him all of a sudden just changing into this monster in his final days. You know, I, if, anyways. Um, and when she says that she's to negotiate peace, these are his final words. He's about to die. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me do this. No. <laughs> Impossible. Peace. I died for our people. <laughs> and then he dies. He just dies. That's great. He just dies. Like, whatever. He probably should have been saving his breath. Like, maybe he would have made it <laughs> if he wasn't sitting there calling for genocide as he's bleeding out. I don't know. Maybe. Whatever. <laughs> probably should have, you know, when somebody's injured, they save your energy. You know, when somebody's injured, save your energy. You know, <laughs> try a breathing technique. No. Oh, no. This was, he had, he had his sights set on yeah. just the decimation and wasn't resting at anything less than it. The most valid death in the series thus far. Oh, um, yes. Absolutely. Needed. Absolutely needed. Like, this guy would fit right in with Grievous and Dooku and all those other cycles. I think he'd be a little much for those guys, even. Yeah! <laughs> they, they'd be like, why are we killing them? We can use, we can, we can somehow manipulate them and use them for our advantage, you know? Like, <laughs> they killed an entire base of clones! Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, Dooku would totally, like, use them to his advantage. Whatever. Um, holy shit, this guy was insane. So, R.I.P., man. Wow. We we will not miss you, Senator. I mean, Chairman Cho. Um, Senator Chuchi then takes off his helmet. Um, she takes a spear. Um, she grabs C-3PO, who's very scared, um, <laughs> and heads to negotiate. Um, Anakin tells 3PO, hey, come on, go. You got to go do this. And he goes, okay, Master Annie. He calls him Master Annie. Oh, Still just a little guy to him. Oh, if you only knew what he did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he calls him Master Annie. I found that kind of nice. Like, it was nice to hear C-3PO say that. <laughs> a yeah. nice light moment after so much death. Yeah, thank the maker. Um, so she walks up to the Talls, um, and she gives a pretty poignant line here, and I'll read it. She goes, to die for one's people is a great sacrifice. To live for one's people is an even greater sacrifice. I choose to live for my people. What do you choose? And then she slams a spear into the ground. The Tall's chieftain hesitates for a moment. And it's kind of like, oh, great. He picks up the spear. It's like, okay, is he going to stab her? Or is he going to slam the spear in the ground? He slams the spear into the ground. And Senator Chuchi immediately says at this point, Pantora will now recognize the Tall's sovereignty as a free and equal people. And they all bow to them on their beasts. The beasts of the Talls bow down to Senator Chuchi for calling for peace and saying they're going to treat them as equals. 
Um, so literally all of this death just to go back to the beginning and what you could have had 20 minutes ago. You could have just done this right away. Lessons you, learned all around. <laughs> all of that death because of this one fucking psychopath. Just an absolute psychopath. The craziest person we've seen. Except, like, he is he a Sith Lord? Like, this fucking guy? Like, I'm blown away, dude. Like, as I was taking notes, I was just like, this is too much. Like, this is yeah. too much. Like, even, um, even the cysts, like, you can, get, like, somewhat wrap your head around, like, logically, like, where their evil is coming from. This guy's just, like, completely like, off the charts. Yeah, and it's like, it's a means to an end, too. Like, they're trying to achieve something. They they, they have a reason for this. Yep. This guy, it's just <laughs> yeah. like, no, I want to massacre the natives on this planet that has, like, it's a, it's a wasteland. There's nothing <laughs> there. They live in fucking huts. Like, what are you doing, man? This dude's insane. Holy shit. Um, we get one quick scene with Obi-Wan talking to Chuchi before we end. He says, hey, it's one thing. Make the peace last. Make it last. Be an example to others. So not only this war, but every other war waged may come to an end as well, which just clarifies to me that Obi-Wan just wants to, like, ride around the galaxy and see cool shit. He has no interest in fighting at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and like I he think, wants like, all wars in. I think the, I think there are a lot of Jedis that like think that the Jedis are not being used the way that they should be. Like they're being used as like soldiers and stuff. And they're not meant to do that. They're meant to. Yeah, they're defenders know, of peace. And that's yeah. where like, and that's kind of one of like the questions I had. Oh, by the way, that was the end of the episode. But one of the questions I had about this was, it's like, they're kind of just like standing by and letting this psychopath go massacre these people. Like they don't even really try to stop them. They just, they, they're fucking play bureaucrat. You know, they're playing with like the bureaucracy here and they're mm -hmm. playing with like the semantics of it. And it's just like, dude, if you're really like the defenders of peace, like what, what, what kind of defenders of peace are you? If you're just going to let this happen. Yeah, I think once it's you're just, aligned, the whole thing, it just it just puts like a giant wart on the whole like Republic and Jedi experience, yeah. like what they really are and what they stand for. Like they're just like, what are they? They're, they're nothing. If they can't stop something like this, then they're nothing and they're useless. Yeah, it's crazy. It, so, yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of themes from this ch children's show. <laughs> and it's like you have let's go back a week. You have the Lerman, and they don't want help. Their leader says, hey, we don't want your help. Like, get, get out of here. Like, we're going to get, yeah, we, we've already been, a million of us have already, like, died to the raptor beasts. Like, we don't want your help. And yet they intervene in that. You know, they go against that guy's sovereign will. They go against well, it. And it, it all comes down to stupid allegiance and stuff. Because it was the separatists that were threatening to kill the Lerman. So it's their yeah. place then to jump in and say like, no, we don't care. We have to protect you. And this, this one though, it's like, this guy's their ally. So they can't do that because they're a part of the Republic now. And, yeah. but it's just, it's, it just shows like the absolute hypocrisy of them as a whole. Like, it's just, there's no way around it. Like you can't defend the way they treated this. Like, and I know Obi-Wan's trying to be like Sage and you know, he's very wise, but dude, like you well, fucking it's a good example. It's a good example of like when, uh, 
like when World War One broke out, like none of those countries wanted to like do any of that, but they all had these like ancient like treaties with one another. And once one country did something, they were all kind of like, well, I guess we're forced to do this now. And then yeah. they would come in and like, yeah. So it's. But I mean, we're talking, you know, like the Ottoman empire here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, the Jedi are supposed to be this altruistic force. Yes. You know? And so, I mean, I but get I, the the comparison you're making there, but they are supposed to be above that type of thinking. I think that's why a lot of people, and I think they get into this in some later seasons, but uh, that's why a lot of people get disenfranchised a little bit with the Jedi Order as a whole, because they feel like they're too entwined with, this Republic and they've lost that kind of like, uh, uh, like the, the ability to act on their own. Now they're so entrenched with the Republic that they're kind of like beholden to them. They have no autonomy anymore. They're that's basically the, like, a, they're basically like, a, what I was looking for. Thank they're you. like a, a, a failing government agency. Yes. <laughs> like it's, they're they're neutered. They're completely neutered here, and they're showing it here. Like Obi Wan, as much as I love him and loved a lot of the parts of this episode on a character level, like you could have just put the fucking Lerman leader in there and gotten the same effect. <laughs> like he would have been the same thing. He would have gone and met with them. They would have hugged. They would have made peace in that way. And then the fucking psychopath would have been like, "No, fuck you." And the Lerman would be like, "No, don't do it. Don't do it." You know, and like <laughs> about it though, which would have been better. What's that? He would have been a little bit more sassy about it, though. Yeah, he would have. But yeah, but but it would have been the same thing. And it's just like, it's just crazy. Like the parallels and just the, the it's really cool, actually, when you think about it, from what they took from those previous two episodes. And you see the polar opposite in so many ways in this episode. Like it had to have been on purpose. Like there's just so much comparison you can do between those two episodes and this episode. Oh, man, you're really getting into this show, aren't you? Well, it's just it, it, this was the episode with the most there. And we're getting to the portion where we're going to review this. So, Adam, um, what, what did we get on IMDb for this one? Uh, let's see. IMDb gave this one a 7.8. So last okay. week and the week before, both were 7.5. So slightly above the Lerman double header. Yeah. Um, let's see. Last week, I gave that Lerman episode a 5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I didn't really love this episode per se. I, there was just a lot to talk about, but it was an endlessly frustrating episode too because this is some of the most frustrating character uh, stuff you've ever seen. Like this is, you know, um, it's also the polar opposite of Bombad Jedi in the sense where Bombad Jedi, you're screaming at the characters for the stupidity of it all, <laughs> but it, it, it is humorous stupidity. Uh, this episode, you're screaming at the characters, not for humorous stupidity, but for like, uh, you know, a menacing evil stupidity. Um, I don't know, man. I'm really torn on what to give this one. I didn't love it. There's a lot there. There's a lot to take in. And we learned a lot about how I'm going to view the Republic going forward and how I'm going to view certain characters going forward and try to compare how they react in future situations. Ah, fuck, dude. I'll give it a fucking five. I'm going to give it a five. Like, Same it left me week. with a lot to talk about. Yeah, it left me with a lot to talk about more than any episode has left me to talk about. But I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I didn't think it was that great of an episode. And actually, you know what? It's there's a lot there. 
and it did <laughs> just let me back up. Just give it a six. Give it a six. I'm staying at a six. Like, because like the talls, you really start to empathize with their position and their plight. And yeah, it actually got, you know, it actually evoked some feeling from me, which is good. So yeah, I'm going to give it a six. Yeah, I, I also gave it a six as well. And last week's I gave a five. Um, I gave this one a six too, just because like anytime that there is, and Star Wars does such a good job of this. Anytime there is like a background character, that just pops up in like the Moss Eisley bar um, that then they like build out an entire species and story around. Like I love whenever that happens. So like the fact that they did that with the talls, I think is super cool. Um, and it, like you got some cool themes and stuff and there's a lot there. It was just a very condensed episode. So yeah, I give it a six. Okay. All right, so two sixes are right on point with each other, but we were both just overwhelmed. We're in agreement there that we were overwhelmed with the amounts of just stuff yeah. there to look at. Oh, there were multiple oh. times I'd deposit just to like kind of like get my yeah. <laughs> it's like and in that sense, it's like Bombad Jedi too. Like Bombad Jedi, I had to pause because I was just so bored and just yeah. befuddled by this hideousness in front of me on my screen. And this one is like this is too heavy, man. This is, there's so much going on here. Like I'm writing notes left and right. Like I have to take a break here. Like, God, it's the anti-bombad Jedi. Um, Always look on the light side of life. Not much here. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So light side moment of the week. You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. My, my light side moment of the week. I'm going to go with uh, Senator Chuchi. Um, just because the the character development there was it was positive at least like there was some positive character development you kind of have hope for the pantorans going forward now that they're rid of this like fucking monster and you know so uh, and she seems to be kind of like starting to understand her role and how she can help things so she may be a positive force going forward for that uh, there was a lot of that, like for those that... people she made like for a short 20 minute episode like there was a decent amount of like character development that went into her like for her yeah going from this kind of like shy person that wants to like take a step back and let this maniac like do what he wants to to at the very end kind of like finding yep. the will to like speak up for her people so yeah. yeah and even when she got rid of the maniac like she wanted Obi-Wan to run the peace negotiations because he was yep. more experienced and it's like she was still timid and but she braved up, she did it, and she brought peace. So yeah, there was a lot of like steps forward for her in this episode. The cool. yeah, yeah, and mine, um, yours is a little bit more optimistic. Mine was just uh, Chicho dying. Like that part, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was just so happy once he finally, once he finally uh, left us. And I had forgotten that, like, he actually died. Like, for the entire episode, like, I assumed he was going to, like, be taken to prison or, uh, like, just somehow live through this. But he didn't. And I was pretty happy about that. When Why? Up. Why couldn't he have shown up in the swamps of Naboo? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I No, leave the Gungans alone. I'm sorry. I just... We we mentioned Bob Ad Jedi and I was thinking about how much I hate Jar Jar. Anyways, yeah, I would rather watch Jar Jar for twenty minutes than him. That's how much I fucking hated this guy. I hated him. 
Would you rather watch Jar Jar for 20 minutes? Well, I don't know. That's so hard because it's apples and oranges. I mean, it's one episode with him here. So it's like we can can give it a six. But if you had to deal with him in like four more episodes. It would be draining. I I would. Oh, I swear, dude. No, this dude sucked. He's the worst character thus far. But the worst character in the sense that he's fucking evil and he actually made you hate him. So in that sense, I guess he's a good character from that sense that like <laughs> yeah. it evoked the emotions that they're trying to get out of you. But it's like they were shoving it down your throat to get it there. Like there was no gray area with him. Like I it said, was if, right if off they, the bat. If they would have spread this episode out over two, I think it would have been a little bit better. But yeah, yeah I guess for whatever. Reason, I don't know. I'd be really curious how they decided to make that a 20 minute episode. And some of these other ones, you know, <laughs> I know. story, you know, three episode arcs. Okay, dark side moment this week. Um, yeah, uh, mine's pretty obvious. Um, <laughs> entire episode. Chairman Cho uh, was a genocidal maniac, and <laughs> true dark side, like that guy was fucking insane. So that's my dark side moment of the week. Mine was just a dog whimper. I kept mine a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. A little bit simpler. I just hate that sound. And every single time, it just takes me out of something. And ugh, I just hate it. Yeah, that. no, I agree. If there, if there was like, um, if I was going for a moment, that would probably be it. The dog whimpers. But um, just as a whole, he was just like this overbearing dark presence for me. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, we agree on the moment, though. That's definitely a moment that's extremely dark side. All right, so our dark horses this week. Dark horse. Now, I don't want to do Senator Chuchi because I already gave her the light side. Um, so I'm actually going to go with C-3PO. We didn't talk about him a ton. <laughs> we didn't talk about him a ton in this episode, but he did do all the translating. Um, and I don't know. It was kind of funny how like scared he was, and it was just classic C three PO, very timid and very like, oh god, I have to do this. Oh god, you know. Even I think even three PO, there were moments where like he was recognizing that Chicho was a maniac and like didn't want to translate what he was saying, but he was just oh yeah, ended up being kind of forced to. So yeah, um, but yeah, so C three PO, very minor role in this episode, but. He was also an important character at the same time, and I think he did a very good job. So, bravo, C-3PO. Um, my Dark Horse hero, I just wrote down the entire Talls people. Like, every single one of them as a whole. Just yeah. for the way that they stood up to themselves and, like, were able to take out as many people as they did. Yeah. Um, we didn't even talk about how big of a beast Rex was in this episode. I know, I know. But there's just so much going on. Like, during these fights, like, just to throw it out there, like, Rex is, like, kicking ass. And, like, I feel bad well, for him because I know he doesn't want to do it. But Well, and um, what sucks, too, is, like, he's a beast in this, but he's a beast by killing people that he has no business killing. Like, it's it's yeah. kind of a weird position to be in. I mean, but he was given the directive to protect him, and, you know. And that he did. Good. Just following follow orders. Him. Yep, just following orders. That's there's a lot of just following orders going on in this episode. Um, really dark episode, but yeah, um, yeah. God, there's so much that we didn't even talk about because <laughs> there's just so much there. Um, but all right, 
So the Talls people, I agree. And a special Dark Horse shout-out to whoever it was from the Talls that threw the spear that hit the Emperor's Guardian in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Emperor. Chairman Cho's Guardian in the neck. It was hilarious. <laughs> we can't retreat from these savages immediately. <laughs> it was good stuff. All, All right. right. What do we got for a tag? Getting to the opening moral. This, this week's was Arrogance Diminishes Wisdom. And for a guess, you had Ahsoka is going to get herself <laughs> into a sticky situation due to her arrogance. And then and she wasn't said, even in the episode. And you so said I, that I, she will not listen to an elder. Yeah, so I was way off on this one. <laughs> what fucking wisdom did this guy ever show, though? Well, I think I think it's talking about like his arrogance was diminishing the senator's wisdom or the Jedi's wisdom. There's a lot of wisdom there, but like no, no, I'm thinking more of it on like an individual level. I'm like this right. guy, does, this guy wouldn't know wisdom if it hit him in the face. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, it's like that dude's arrogance was so permeating that it diminished all of the wisdom of the collective around him. Okay. All right. That's how I. Um, yeah, I think that would probably be more accurate, because uh, Obi-Wan was definitely trying to be wise. He should have been a little more forceful, but yeah, I agree. Uh, what do we got next week? Next week, we got uh, Fear is a Disease. Hope is its only cure. Ooh. Can I get the name of the episode, or is that going to be too much? No, let's just go with the moral. Give me what you got. Uh... Some uh, a young Padawan is going to flirt with dark side temptation um, due to some sort of fearful situation, but they'll pull through. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what do we got next week? Next week, the episode is... This is the first time in a long time that we skip the next episode. Oh no, we're getting off track. Because next episode, sequentially, is season one, episode 16, which is Hidden Enemy. And we've already watched that one. That was the second episode that we watched. Okay. So the order that we're viewing, uh, next episode is called Blue Shadow Virus. And that is season one, episode 17. So we're skipping one episode. Yep. Hidden Enemy. God, I don't even remember. Which one was that? That was the one where uh, one of the clones was the spy, and then the oh, other clone God. had the oh, necklace yeah, of Rex, fingers. <laughs> Rex got his leg broken. He was walking on it like two <laughs> <Yeah>. minutes later. <laughs> that was like the third episode we did. I think. That one was great. <laughs> I love that Oh, episode. yeah. God, there's so much. You know, it actually would really fit in with the, the run of episodes we've been having here. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a standalone, like throwing it in after this, like all the war crime shit. Like, yeah, totally. Oh, all right, uh, Adam, where can hey, our baby, listeners find us if they want to get in touch with us? You can always reach us on Twitter, and we got an Instagram, right? You're running that thing. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you? How do they find us on Instagram? Phonecast Pod. And you can always email us at uh, phonecastpod at gmail.com. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time for Blue Shadow Virus. Until then, may the tall people be with you. Fraser has left the building. 
Pintorian girls and Pintorian guys will always stand up and salute always recognize when we see Pintor's flag flying. There's a lot of men dead, so we can sleep in peace at night when we let down our heads. My daddy served in the assembly, we lost his civic pride But he flew a flag in our yard until the day that he died He wanted my brother, my brother, my half-brother and me To grow up and live happy in the moon of the free Now this fascist regime I love has fallen under attack The native people with the audacity to exist are causing us a bunch of flack Soon as we could see clearly through our big blue eyes, man, we lit up their world like Naboo's Festival of Lies. Hey, Chairman Cho, put your name at the top of his list. And the clone army was forced to shake their fist. And the lasers will fly. Man, it's gonna be hell when you hear Pantora start ringing the bell. And it feels like the whole outer rim is raining down on you. Oh, brought to you courtesy of the purple and blue Christmas day. Christmas day. Oh, that purple and blue. Yeah. Of my purple and blue Christmas day.